you're listening to the Good News in the Dark World podcast. Join us as we study God's Word and discover Jesus on every page. Here's Pastor Kevin. If you're not uh, all that familiar with the Bible, that's okay. Uh, John is maybe the, the best book for understanding who Jesus is. And so this evening, we're going to read the very first part of John, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, as John describes for us something about the person and the identity of Jesus Christ. So John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, John says, in the beginning was the Word. Now that, we'll pause for a moment, that's just another way to talk about Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We've uh, been blessed tonight to hear songs sung by our children and sung by our choir. Uh, We heard some of our young people read the Christmas story that we're all probably familiar with. All throughout this month, we have heard and we will continue to hear Christmas music. Radio, in the store, on TV. And in uh, just over a week, a week from tomorrow, we will celebrate what we all know is Christmas Day. Why do we do this? What what is this all about? Uh, Very simply, all of this is centered upon one person, and that is Jesus Christ. All of the songs we have sung this evening, all of the scripture that we have heard, all of it is talking about him. Now the question is, who is he? Who is Jesus Christ? Is he just some person who lived 2,000 years ago, not a whole lot different from us? Was he just a a great teacher? Was he just a, a moral man who cared about the poor and the oppressed? Was he just someone who came along as a precursor to the Beatles song, basically telling us all you need is love? Who is Jesus? Well, the Bible tells us that he is much more than simply a great teacher or a philosopher or a proponent of poor and oppressed people. He's much more than that. And for a few minutes tonight, we want to look at the opening passage of John's gospel, and we want to consider two questions. First of all, who is Jesus? And second, why did he come to this earth? And your response to this, your response to the the answer to both of these questions, is going to have eternal consequences for you. If you're here tonight as a a believer in Christ, and and I'm assuming that this is the vast majority of you here this evening, you you know Jesus, you believe in Jesus, you love Jesus, 
I, I pray that these opening verses of John would encourage you, that they would strengthen you, that they would deepen your love for Christ. If you're here tonight and, and you don't believe in Jesus as your Savior, I'm first of all very glad that you're here. And secondly, I, I pray that, that John's words would cause you to strongly consider this evening who Jesus really is. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a moral man. He, he's not just someone who died for a worthy cause. He's much more than that. And so the first question is, who is Jesus? There's no more important question than this. Who is the one we celebrate this time of year? Well, John tells us three things. First of all, he tells us that Jesus is eternal. Jesus' life did not begin when he was conceived by Mary and born in a manger. In fact, and, and this blows our finite minds, Jesus' life didn't begin. Notice again what John writes in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. John is intentionally echoing the way the Bible begins in Genesis 1 when the Bible begins by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Listen to what one author writes. He says, without apology or qualification, John goes back in time beyond Bethlehem where Jesus was born, beyond Nazareth where Jesus was conceived, indeed back beyond the beginning of time itself and allows us a glimpse of a glorious person who has an eternal existence. But the point is that when time began, Jesus already was. Children, Jesus is not a... Uh, a finite creature like we are. Our lives had a beginning. And, and on this earth, all of our lives will have an ending. But not Jesus. Jesus had no beginning. He will have no ending. He is eternal. Secondly, John also makes the point that Jesus is the creator. Look at verse 3. He says, all things were made through him... And without him was not anything made that was made. This is, a, this is an echo of other places in the Bible. For example, Colossians 1 verse 16 says, For by Jesus all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is the glorious, eternal creator of all things. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, Long ago at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things and by whom he created the world. Jesus is the creator of all things. And so Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the creator. John makes a third point here, and that is that Jesus is God. A number of years ago, many of you probably remember the, the best-selling book that came out called um, The Da Vinci Code. And, and one of the points of The Da Vinci Code was that for the first several centuries of the New Testament church, Christians never considered Jesus to be God. 
that for the first few centuries after Jesus' life on this earth, the church never declared that Jesus Christ was God. The book makes the point, and, and others have made the point in history, that it wasn't until the Council of Nicaea in the fourth century that the church declared Jesus to be God. That is wrong. That is absolutely, categorically wrong. The Bible is very plain regarding the full deity of Christ. If you look again at the end of verse 1, and the word was God. The Bible does not allow you to pass Jesus off as some mere creature. The Bible does not allow you to pass him off as some moral teacher or leader. The Bible teaches very plainly that Jesus is God. If you have your Bible open, look down to verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God, that's talking about Jesus, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Over and over, the New Testament is clear as to the divinity of Jesus Christ. And Martin Luther, the, the great 16th century German reformer, made a very interesting and important observation when he said this text, John 1, is a strong and valid attestation of the deity of Christ. Everything depends on this doctrine. It serves to maintain and support all other doctrines of our Christian faith. Luther says everything depends on this doctrine. That's a pretty bold and strong statement to make. That everything about the Christian faith depends on the deity of Christ. Luther was right. If Jesus is not God, Christianity collapses. If Jesus is not God, you and I are still dead in our sins and we are doomed for eternal destruction. Now there are people who will say, is this really that important? Uh, isn't it enough that, that people at least believe in Jesus? I mean, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, who used to anyway, come knocking on our doors. This is what they say. They believe in Jesus. They, they don't believe that he's God, but at least they believe in Jesus. Isn't it enough that we just believe in Jesus? That Do we really have to confess and believe that he is God? Yes, it is vital that we confess that. It's vital that you confess and believe and embrace that Jesus Christ is God for two reasons. Number one, because the Bible tells us he's God. And to deny his divinity is to deny the word of God. But, but secondly, we must confess that Jesus Christ is God or we cannot be saved. There are many religions that hold Jesus in very high regard. They, they esteem him very highly. There are many religions who, who believe Jesus to have been a great man, a, a prophet. Perhaps, as the Jehovah's Witnesses tell us, he is, the, he is the highest of God's creation, but he's not God. But you see, there's a problem with that. And we all need to understand the, the, the issue here. If, if Jesus is not God, he, he could not take the judgment that our sins deserve. 
Because no mere creature can bear the weight of God's anger against sin. And so it is a necessity that Jesus Christ is God. And so he is eternal. He is the creator. He is God. Now you will not hear this promoted in the culture today. You will hear a lot of Christmas songs. And they will certainly take your money if you want to buy Christmas gifts. But, but this message is, is not proclaimed in our culture today. But, but brothers and sisters, this is who Christ is. In all of his glory, in all of his majesty, and, and reading John 1, verses 1 through 5, if we are Christians, should cause us to bow in worship and adoration before the very one who came to die for us. And that leads to the second question, why did this one who is eternal, who is the creator, who is eternal God, why did he come to earth? What is it that we celebrate every December? Why did the choir sing these songs tonight? Why did the children read the Christmas story? Very simply because God kept a very old promise. He kept the very old promise that he would send one who would deliver us from all of our sins. He sent one who is truly human and truly divine so that we would receive the greatest gift we could ever receive, which is the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. He sent Jesus to give us life. As John says here in verse 4, in him was life. There's nothing wrong with, with Christmas presents. There's nothing wrong with Christmas trees and Christmas decorations. But, but we know, as Christians, we know that we celebrate something much more significant than just decorations. We celebrate something much more significant than, than giving and receiving presents. We, we celebrate what God did for the sake of our eternity. We should marvel at that, that. That he sent his son, the eternal son of God, the creator, very God of very God. In order to live the life we couldn't live. In order to die the death that we should have died. In order to go to the cross and pay for all of our sins. In order to reconcile us to God. In order to give us eternal life. And, and ultimately to restore the entire cosmos. That's why he came. And, and I say to, to each and every one of us tonight. There is nothing more important than your relationship with Christ. Nothing more significant than your relationship with him. He came into this world to be the savior of his people. And he calls for your faith. He calls for you to believe in him. He calls for you to embrace him as your Lord, as your savior. Children, you all have been given many wonderful privileges of, of growing up in Christian homes. Many wonderful privileges of your parents taking you to church, providing for you a Christian education. You too are called to embrace Christ, to trust in him. And again, if you're here tonight and, 
you came at the invitation of someone else and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm glad you're here. I'm no better than you are. I need Jesus every bit as much as any of you. And if you're here tonight and you don't know him, I, I call you to come to him tonight and to know no true joy of Christmas, not superficial gift-giving joy, but the true joy of knowing Christ. And when you come to him, I can assure you, because God says this in his word and God does not lie, I can assure you that all of your sins, no matter how wicked you may think you have been, all of your sins have been forgiven. I can assure you that you are right with God. I can assure you that God will never let you go. And I can assure you that you have eternal life. One author tells a interesting story about Henry Ford. Henry Ford, of course, was the, uh, the great American industrialist. He was the founder of the Ford Motor Company. Uh, one day, Ford had a, a breakdown on his assembly line. And obviously, when you're putting automobiles together to have a breakdown on the assembly line is a very serious issue. And so he had this breakdown, and, and no one could fix it. And so Henry Ford had a friend whose name was uh, Charlie Steinmetz, who was a, a mechanical genius. He's the, the very man who had built Ford's plant. And so he called Charlie Steinmetz, and Steinmetz showed up, and he, he tinkered around on the assembly line for a few minutes, and he threw the switch, and everything started running. A few days later, Henry Ford got a bill from Charlie Steinmetz for $10,000, which was a huge amount of money in that day. It was like $300,000 today. And Ford looked at that bill, $10,000, and Steinmetz was only here for a few minutes. Ford looked at that bill, and, and he couldn't believe what he was being charged. And so he wrote back, and he said, Charlie, don't you think your bill is a little bit high just for a little bit of tinkering? And so Steinmetz sent Ford a revised bill. Tinkering, $10. Knowing where to tinker, $9,990. The point is, is that Steinmetz not only knew how to tinker, but he knew where to tinker. Jesus Christ knew how to fix this broken world. And he knew where he had to come to do that. He came not just to do a little bit of tinkering. But he came and he solved our greatest problem by living and dying for us. And instead of presenting us a bill. Jesus Christ offers us the free gift of eternal life through faith in him. It doesn't cost. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. You receive it with the open hand of faith. Come to him. Rest in him. And rejoice that he fixed our greatest problem. That is who our Savior is. That is who we celebrate this time of year. The majestic, glorious, eternal creator, very God of very God, who came 
for us. Let's bow in prayer. If you've been blessed by this podcast and would like to support this ministry, you can find us at www.goodnewsinadarkworld.com. Thank you for listening.